your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I have a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so doesn't cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we kick off tonight's show, I did want to tell you about one of our other great podcasts that I think you'll love because you need more hockey news and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the NHL. Listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. On tonight's show, I thought I would talk about some of the outstanding free agents that the Jets could potentially pluck off the market maybe talk about some benefits and some drawbacks, what some of these players might bring, and why teams may not be looking at them right now. Before we get underway with our free agent analysis, though, I did want to tell you some great news for the Jets in terms of uh, Logan Stanley fandom. Stanley is returning to Winnipeg for two more seasons at 900000 per year. This is kind of the contract that I think a lot of folks were probably expecting. I thought he was going to maybe get a little bit more, maybe a bit over a million. Either way, he was going to be paid like a third-pairing D, and I think for a lot of folks... Um, especially those who were kind of on board with protecting DeMello over Stanley, the question might be, why was DeMello then exposed over Stanley if you view him, rightly so, as a third-pairing D? I don't know if it was to reward like some sort of organizational loyalty. Maybe they thought he would take a discount if he knew that the team valued him enough to, to try and protect him. But in terms of his on-ice results, I feel like you know Stanley is one of those guys that he's he's all right. If you give him soft minutes, he handles them well enough. The only thing that I think next year I really want him to work on, aside from um, his, his ability to read defensive issues and certainly account for faster, more agile skaters, I think he's really got to shoot less, which is kind of strange to say because shooting is one of his, like uh, I would say, most notable aspects. But the problem with him shooting so much is that oftentimes when he takes a lot of low percentage strikes, he's often seeding possession or giving up better opportunities where if he was maybe a little bit more aggressive inside the offensive zone and drop deeper, he'd actually have a better chance of scoring. There's almost zero question that Logan can absolutely rip the puck. He's got a massive build. His upper body strength is literally ridiculous. He's got a really long stick. So I feel like if Logan is actually a little bit more patient, he would make more productive use of some of the I would say best skill sets and tool sets that he has. The biggest thing for him is just learning offensive patience because there are times where he'll actually drop below the faceoff circles. And when he does this, he's actually pretty darn effective. He can be really powerful on the puck. And sure, while he maybe lacks some of the agility and tight turning ability that you often see with, you know, uh, smaller, faster skaters, Stanley can actually get into really dangerous positions. So it was always kind of strange to me that he constantly bombed it from the point, but he's not the only kind of player to do that. Josh Morrissey also has a habit of doing this, so I feel like to some degree it might be like a system or instruction set that he's being given. Either way, though, for 900k for two more years, I feel like you really can't complain. He'll be on the third pairing most likely. The only question I have is what then is the plan for Vili Heinolo? I imagine he will start with the Manitoba Moose, and of course there will probably be some uh, roster spots over the next few years that will continue to open up as some of their contracts expire, but... 
Heinola definitely needs NHL time. I don't think that you can really allow him to keep sitting with the moose or be press boxed either. Neither of those two things is particularly acceptable in my book. If you're gonna if you're gonna have him on the roster, you do need to play him, and I feel like he needs NHL ice time. I feel like he's not going to be gaining much from playing at lower, more scrambly levels where maybe the lack of systematic structure and stuff is actually more of a hindrance for somebody like Vili. So if if Logan ends up blocking Heinola long term, that could be an issue. I, I think Vili is going to be penciled into the top four at some point in the future. I just hope it does happen before he, he gets frustrated and ends up wanting to leave. Right now, the blue line is a bit crowded, but I could see the Jets easily having an injury situation where Heinola would then step in and immediately prove why, quite honestly, he does need to have NHL time. Stanley extending does leave a couple of things for the Jets to tidy up. Uh, of course, they do still need a backup goalie, which there are some options out there, some of which I might discuss on the free agent tracker, but they also need to figure out what to do with Andrew Kopp and Neil Pionk. A couple of um, RFA arbitration situations have already resolved. Victor Mete is settled at like $1.2 million for one year, and uh, there was another contract that I think was like a one-by-one -one deal. I forget who that was, but both of these deals are, are very small, of course. What the Jets are probably negotiating with, a much bigger package. And I don't really think you want either Pionk or Cop filling out their full arbitration case. I think you want to sort of head this off at the pass and figure it out sooner rather than later. The problem for Winnipeg when it comes to Pionk is that Right now, with how the free agent market is and, and how some of these contract extensions have gone for a lot of the younger D, Pionk is kind of a tough one to really value. I have him as like a really good, like elite second pairing D, which I don't think you want to give more than $6 million to. But with the market looking at Darnell Nurse and seeing him getting $9 million per season, although Darnell does actually play a more pivotal role, I feel like Pionk is going to be hard to get under that $6 million cap hit. So... I don't know what to do there. I feel like Neil is one of those players that it's going to be really difficult to replace him if he leaves, but I'm also concerned that if you start going over that cap hit, over that $6 million threshold, the Jets might be in some longer-term troubles. I think they can reasonably figure out a way to get under that cap hit, but I don't know if it's going to be an ideal situation. I know that Neil, relative to a lot of other uh, defenders, somebody pointed out his ice time was like uh, top 50, but maybe like not top 20 or so which for the Jets would be an advantage if they want to negotiate. But the biggest problem there is even if he's getting closer to like elite second pairing minutes, he has a really prolific offensive track record, which for the Jets is going to be hard to ignore. So I, I could imagine that one of these two contracts ends up actually going through the full arbitration process. You know, cops at career highs and point totals. I, I think he probably had really good ice time too for, uh, you know, a guy who was typically a third liner. But if the Jets can find a way to fit both at reasonable cap pits, I feel like Winnipeg's offseason will be pretty much darn near perfect. And like I say this as somebody who is pretty picky and, and has a lot of criticism at times for the Jets, I feel like this offseason, they've done just about everything right. Other than the, the DeMello situation, which they still, you know, dodged a bullet there, I feel like most of their other decisions have been dead on, so maybe this time I'll put a little bit more faith in them. Of course, Winnipeg could also alleviate some of my concerns by signing some really good free agents, and I'll talk about who is still available on the market and which options might make the most sense in just a moment. Before then, though, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place to do your online betting. In the wild, wild west of online bets, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, UFC, MMA, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. 
Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and scout all the contests for your next win. Stop sitting on the sidelines as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. To get started, go to betonline.ag and register for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration to receive a matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at uh, some available free agents. Now, the market has definitely thinned out quite a bit, and uh, a lot of these players... They've been passed over with good reason, right? Some of these guys are currently in contract negotiations. I'm sure a lot of them have been approached by other teams. We just haven't really heard about it yet. But let's explore some of these choices and and check out if any of them at least are, are worth Winnipeg's interest. Bear in mind that the Jets don't really have a lot of cap space to work with, so most of this is just sort of fanciful wishing, but... Let's talk about some of these players, act as if maybe there's a chance the Jets could find a a deal on them. Savvy veteran acquisitions often fall through the cracks, and this is a good time if you're the Jets looking for a player that maybe everyone else has passed over. Starting us off, we have Zach Parise. Now, Parise, I feel like, is going to sign with the Islanders or something. I feel like Zach is not exactly a player that I would be eager to bring into the Jets. I think he could handle like a bottom six role and bring a decent scoring presence, but aside from the rest of that, I feel like... He's 37, he probably doesn't have a ton left in the tank, and if you're looking for a third liner, you might as well look internally first. I feel like the Jets maybe should give some of their kids a few more options. Parise doesn't really move the needle enough for me. I think he is actually a decent, you know, middle six winger, but beyond that, I don't know if I would be uh, eager to really pay what he'll probably be looking for, which is at least a couple million. Kind of in a similar vein, you've also got James Neal, and Neal has often been the subject of a lot of memes. The actual player in James is somebody who can still be an okay finisher. If you give him like a third or a fourth line role, he can probably notch you a couple of goals a season. Beyond that, you know, you can definitely tell age has caught up with him. There's a reason a lot of the Albertan teams have sort of steered clear of bringing him back. He's not like a terrible, terrible forward, but by this stage of his career, he's definitely past his prime. And you can kind of tell that... At this rate, you're probably not looking to give him more than like 15 minutes a night, which is totally fine. A lot of players who are veterans, if they get those sorts of deployments, it's actually a pretty good value contract if you get him on a cheap deal, but I don't think that that's the Jets. The name that I still circle back to time and time again is Tomas Tatar. He, for some reason, is still a free agent. I don't know why. He's probably one of the only forwards that I would really be interested in. If Tatar is willing to come to Winnipeg on a contract that is reasonable, I don't see why you wouldn't do it. He's still insanely productive. He promotes play positively. He does just about everything. I talked about him on the last episode. This guy is a phenomenal player. He's the kind of guy that if you want to shore up your top nine, he's exactly that kind of player. And it makes me think the Jets maybe have approached him. It's just that I'm sure a couple of teams are probably still inquiring. But the thing there is that he did get benched during the postseason, and he's gotten benched by multiple teams. So maybe the perception around him is that either he doesn't try hard enough, he has defensive liabilities, or that there's something else wrong with him, and that's why teams haven't really been jumping at the gun to sign him. All that said, if the Jets offer him a reasonable deal and he can come for a couple of years, I would be super thrilled. He would be the exact kind of player that I would basically kill to have fortify Winnipeg's top six. He's really good at what he does. He may not be like an amazing like point scorer, but if you want somebody who can facilitate in a lot of the areas that the Jets really sorely lack, especially in transition and aggression, Tatara's that guy. That he also has a six set of mitts to matches is certainly a nice little bonus. We're then moving on, and now we see Tyler Bozak. 
Bozak, a couple of seasons ago, was actually still a, a pretty productive middle six center. I don't know where he is at this stage of his career. He is 35, and maybe this is a time when he's starting to think about retirement. If he wants to come back and play, I could see him easily anchoring like a fourth-line role. Although the Jets already signed Riley Nash, I don't think he would be um, the, the kind of player that they would be looking for there. And in terms of his on-ice impact, if he's not really a defensive specialist, I don't see why the Jets would be bringing him in. He does still have some scoring chops. I feel like his his offensive production was a little bit underappreciated. Had he not been signed to such a monster deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs for so many years, I think the perception around him would have been very different. But that stuff has always followed Bozak around, and after he kind of moved to the Blues, he really started to carve out himself a really nice niche role. Nowadays, I don't know if he's really capable of much more than fourth-line minutes, but I'm sure some team might give him a shot. He's worth the contract, I would say. I, I don't think that you could really go all that wrong unless he, he really has fallen off a cliff and he can't be played. You start moving on and you see a name like uh, Alex Chason. Now, Chason is one of those players that for some reason always seems to have a vendetta against Winnipeg. I don't know why it is that he constantly scores against the Jets, but oftentimes he always seemed to be at the most annoying places at the worst times for Winnipeg. Is he actually good? Um, not not particularly great. You know, his on-ice impacts are, are pretty mediocre, but he does seem to have a really good ability to finish. It's one of the strangest things with him because he's always good at, like, getting into dangerous areas and finishing off plays where normally a guy with his sort of reputation and skill set you wouldn't think would be as prolific a goal scorer. But Chason actually has finishing chops, and there is pretty decent value if you get him on a cheap contract. I, I don't know if Edmonton's going to bring him back, I feel like they should because he actually gives them at least a little bit more goal-scoring prowess in their bottom six. But if the Jets were to give him a contract, you know, somebody who can occasionally eat up some minutes, it's not the worst. I don't think that that's my preference, though. But again, as a free agent, he's not terrible. You've also got Eric Stahl sitting there on the market. And if Eric is actually intent on playing in the NHL again, you still would get a, a capable fourth-line center who I, I know that he is very slow. I don't know if that's enough to hold him back from being at least something of a slight impact player. I, I think Stahl does play a role occasionally as like a big-bodied physical center who can still dominate control of the puck, but in terms of his on-ice impacts, that may not actually translate to much in both ends of the ice. I don't know how much he still has left in the tank, and, and certainly he is 36 and getting up there in years, so if he still has anything left, I don't think the Jets should be too interested, but again, if you're looking for like a, a veteran center who can anchor your fourth line, I feel like you could technically do worse. He's just not the kind of player I would want the Jets to target. There are still plenty of free agents left to cover, but before we move on too much further, I thought you should know about why rockauto.com is your best place for buying all your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. 
Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at some free agents that the Jets could potentially sign. Most of these so far we've covered are forwards. Aside from like a guy like, say, Tomasz Tatar and maybe Tyler Bozak, not too many names available that I would be super happy about. Maybe chase on if the Jets were interested in taking a punt. But where I would have a lot more interest is if the Jets started talking about somebody like Tyler Ennis or Dominic Cahoon. Both of these guys are actually very good. Cahoon is is one of those journeyman centers now. He's played on a number of different teams. I believe he's played for both Edmonton and Chicago. And he's actually a very capable middle six player. I think he's been used both at center and as a winger, so I feel like his versatility is nice. He's got okay scoring chops. He can play either out wide or down the middle. He's actually a pretty decent passer. There's a decent amount there where if you gave him like a million and a half per season, he's a very nice depth signing. I don't think he is the kind of player that is probably looking for like a really small role. And it would be kind of surprising to see him leave Edmonton. I I feel like his contract would be a good value signing for them, especially in extending a guy who has actually been, you know, decently productive over his past couple of years. Ennis is another really good value signing for whatever team picks him up. If you play him in a middle six or a bottom six role, he just seems to have this ability to constantly elevate the play of his line no matter which unit he's with. In many ways, he's a lot like Matthew Perot, where he is definitely on the older side, but he's very crafty in space. He likes to forecheck along the wall. He's very good with the puck. He can create chaos down low in the uh, goal mouth region. I mean, there's just a lot to like with this game. He's very persistent. He's an extremely annoying player to try to deal with down low. So if you're looking for somebody who can be a chippy, aggressive offensive forward with maybe slightly limited scoring ability, but still enough chops to give you some depth and support, Tossing out a one to one and a half million contract to Tyler Ennis could be a very positive decision, especially for a team like the Jets, who seemingly love those veteran grindy fourth liners. Ennis actually brings a good dose of skill alongside his ability to be an effective forechecker. Looking at the free agent goalie class, it's um, it's not looking great. Your best options are like uh, maybe Curtis McElhaney, um, Andres Nielsen, Jonathan Bernier. Yeah. So if you're looking for a backup, I feel like the option right now is probably to look internally, unless you're hoping that somebody like, I don't know, Oscar Donsk or even John Gillies, maybe one of these journeyman AHL goaltenders is actually capable of being your backup. I don't see many options where the Jets would actually get an improvement over um, Eric Comrie. Unless they brought in McElhaney, McElhaney would be a pretty legit upgrade but he's 38, and I don't know if he wants to stay with Tampa Bay. If he were to stay down there, he probably knows that he's got another really good shot at a title. Any of the better free agents are all looking for at least a, a decent chunk of cash. I think Jonathan Bernier is looking for like 3 to $4 million. Devin Dubnik probably the same, and I wouldn't really be interested in Dubnik anyways. 
Tuka Rask might honestly step away from hockey at some point. I feel like he's probably thinking about retirement, especially in light of everything that's happened with COVID, the bubble, all this stuff. And, you know, he's just kind of at that age. So if if the goalie market is something that the Jets are interested in, I don't think that anyone here is really all that promising. Some of these guys might even be retiring sooner rather than later. I don't even know. Um, but I, I feel like the Jets probably should just ride Eric Comrie and Mikhail Berdin instead, if that's kind of what they're thinking about. I've skipped the defenders because, to be honest, the Jets have a ton of D right now, and I feel like their right side needs the upgrade more than anything, and unless some, like, fantastic right-handed D is available for trade, the Jets can probably skip it. So, I feel like in terms of free agency, no one else was really available. That's not a position of need. So I thought I would skip it for tonight's episode. If for some reason you want me to evaluate the D market, be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets, and maybe I'll get around to it. For now, though, we are going to close out tonight's episode. Before you log off, don't forget to check out our Locked on Bets podcast. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!